2 Samuel, we'll look again at chapter 23. I'll be reading verses 13 to verse 17 from the New Living uh, Translation. Those who may be in need of a Bible, we do have some New Living Translation Bibles available. Uh, they're not there in the pew. You can read along uh, with us. 2 Samuel, 23rd chapter, we will pick up at verse 13 to verse 17. I hear a few more pages turning. Amen. Thank you also. Your obedience is standing in honoring of reading of God's word. Reading from New Living Translation, the word reads, Once during the harvest, when David was at the cave of Adullam, the Philistine army was camped in the valley of Rephaim. The three who were among the thirty, an elite group among David's fighting men, went down to meet him there. David was staying in the stronghold at the time, and a Philistine detachment had occupied the town of Bethlehem. David remarked longingly to his men, Oh, how I would love some of that good water from the well by the gate of Bethlehem. So the three, both through the Philistines' lines, drew some water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem and brought it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out as an offering to the Lord. The Lord forbid that I should drink this, he exclaimed. This water is as precious as the blood of these men who risked their lives to bring it to me. So David did not drink it. There, these are the examples of the exploits of the three. Praise God for his word. You may be seated. I'm going to deal with the subject matter, if you will, stepping up to serve. In looking at this text, we find these three mighty men stepping up to serve their leader, David. But before I get to the text, let's think about how there's been times in your lives that someone asked you to step up to serve. And when someone oftentimes comes and asks you to help them out, they are in need of some help. They might have called you because they had a flat tire. And they need someone to step up and to help them out. Or you might have got those great calls you love to get when you answer the phone and you're not doing anything. They say, great, come and help me move. <laughs> I, I, I'm with somebody. Y'all with me, huh? And now you're in the position that you need to step up and to serve. And so in those times of stepping up to serve, I want us to start thinking about what is required of those who serve and what do they do. What's required of one to serve is that, one, you are now giving up something. You're making a sacrifice. And a sacrifice is giving up what you have. And so when you are stepping up to serve somebody, you're giving up your time. You're giving up maybe your resources because they want you to help them move because you have that nice truck. And you might even sometimes, you might even give up your health because some people got injured on some things. Am I right about it? And so there's a sacrifice that comes in serving, but I want us to remove from the purpose of saying, what are we going to give up and start looking at what can you gain in serving? Because many times that people always look for what they're going to get out of it. Instead of looking at that is who I am serving is the benefactor. I lost somebody. Let me help somebody out again. Who I am serving 
is the benefactor. It's not me who's getting the benefits. I'm serving somebody else so that they can have the benefits. And in this text, can we, can we look at Jesus and how he came? He said, I did not come to be served, but I came to serve. So if the great king can come and look to benefit us, how can we be so selfish that we always look to benefit ourselves and not look to be a benefit to somebody else? That's why this story sticks out in the Bible. Some of you might be familiar, some of you may not, but this story sticks out because it speaks of three mighty men that did something for David. And when you look at these mighty men, it gives us an introductory. If you look at the previous verses 8 to 12, it kind of introduce you to these three men and how great they are. These are some mighty warriors. The first one is, is Joseph Abasabeth, chief of David's mighty warriors. He kills 800 men at once with his spear. That's, that, that's a bad man. <laughs> then you have Eliezer. He killed Philistines until his hand was so tired to lift his sword, and the Lord gave him a great victory that the day the rest of the army did not return until it was time to collect the plunder. In other words, they were so scared. Was, the fighting was done, they came back. Oh, we was going to help you out. <laughs> but they came and got all the spoil after he did all the work. Then the third one to mention is Shammah, who struck down many Philistines after again Israel retreats. So you see, these men don't retreat in a time of service, but yet they defend the name of God. And what also you, if you might highlight, if you continue on looking at verses 24 to 39, and you look at some of these mighty men, many of them were not Israelites. You say, well, what is that? Why, why does that matter? What does it matter is that they fought faithfully for Israel more than Israelites fought for themselves. They, the Israelites are the benefactor of the covenant of the blessing of God, that you are my people and I will be your God, and they fought on behalf of the people for their God. All because how much they love their king, David. And so you can see how much they love David because, look, David's down and out. He's down and out. How is he down and out? One, he should be in his place of, re of rest. But he is, the Philistines have taken over his home, Bethlehem. They have a camp there. And the only way he finds refuge many times, you look in 1 Samuel 21st chapter and, and also the 5th chapter, he goes to the cave of Adullam, and that's his stronghold, that's his refuge, that's a place of protection. It's pretty much his safe house. His mighty men knew that when David gets in trouble, he wants to find a place of refuge. And it says at the time from around the harvest, they go to see David. They probably came to comfort him, say, hey, here's your men, your three mighty men, your boys that are close to you, the ones that can do amazing things. We're right here, David. We're right here for you. And David's standing there, and he's probably been there for some days and some times. He's in a rock, in a rock. There's no water. There's no comfort. You know, to us, you know, we can't leave our house without electronics. And so let alone somebody tells you to go on a retreat, they tell you to turn your cell phones off. No, not me. I'm not going to turn my phone off. You know, we don't want to be removed from the comforts that we have in our society. David is removed from all comfort. And he's there suffering down and out. But his boys step up to be there. And while they're there, David just goes out and says, man, I wish 
I could just have a drink from that good well, not just any well, but that well that happens to be here. Say, oh, no, I'm just adding this in, but y'all look at the text, you see what it says. But that happens to be guarded by the Philistines in my home city in Bethlehem that's by the gate. By the gate. In other words, by the front entrance. Not on the side. Not the back door. But right there in front where everybody will enter in, I would love to have that water. The reason why he's saying it because he knows it's foolish for him to walk up to the front door. Hey, y'all Philistines, I just want to get some water here. That's not going to happen. They know they're going to kill him. So he's longing for what he can't have. Look what the mighty men did. They left. They didn't, they, heard, they didn't have to wait for anything. So you want what? It's on, man. We know what to get. Look what happens. When they stepped up to serve, what they had was commitment. When you're serving somebody, people don't want you to serve. They want you to have commitment. And what does commitment do? Commitment moves you and empowers you to complete a task. Because you want committed people. Am I right about it? You, you don't want somebody to come by that's going to help you move, and they go halfway up the stairs. You're like, why'd you come? I could have done that. I want commitment. I want somebody that's going to see it through. And so David's men had commitment that no matter what happened, they saw through. We just saw the acts, right? Everybody else flew away. They said, no, we got we to gotta fight this battle. Everybody else leaves. So I, oh, I, uh, y'all want me to fight 800 men? Fine, what's up? They kill 800 men. They kill 300 men. They just fought them and killed them because they realized it has to be done. So therefore, in their commitment and serving, they understood the sacrifice. It may cost my life. It may cost my resource. It may cost my time. But I am committed and I'm going to serve. And you see that they have been victorious in the past. So look what happens here. Now they go across the enemy line. They go to that well that's in, that, that well that's by the gate in Bethlehem. They go there and they get the water. And they come back. Now, think about it. It doesn't say what they did, but you can imagine what they did. They probably beat some folks down <laughs> to get in and get out. We know they can beat some folks down because they some bad men. And so they did all of that to bring the water back. Now, mind you, the cave Adalom is about 12 miles away from Bethlehem. Let me say that again. 12 miles away. That's like going from Peoria downtown from this church to out to Grandview Mall. Walking. Yeah, yeah, so I know you, we, we think about drive. Oh, that's not a long drive. Right, it's not a long drive, but it's a long walk. And these mighty men were not only carrying armory and weaponry, but they came back carrying water for their leader. How many of you want some friends like that? <laughs> that will do these things for you. And David might have been playing. He might not even been serious about it. he just wanted that water. He just wanted some water. Any water would have done. They could have gone down to the valley. Here you go, here you go some water. But no, they heard a specific request and they desired because they were committed to satisfy that specific request. Think about how when you make a specific request at times of your birthdays and 
anniversaries and celebrations, right? You got your gift list. You got your, you got your list. You, you, you register with whatever store you like, right? Put them all down. So I hope I get them. No, these are your specific requests. So the, if you get what's not on that list, you appreciate it, but that's not what you wanted. He was specific in his request. I want the water that's from here. The gate, by the gate in Bethlehem, where the Philistines happened to be. So David's down and out, but his friends come to be there to encourage him. And look what the mighty men do. They aim to serve their leader. While they were there, they came to serve. And he mentioned something. They said, all right, let's go. He's going to say, we just got here. We need some time to rest. No, they said, oh, he needs something. Let's go get it. They didn't complain. They were tired. They didn't complain. We, no, aren't you happy to see us? They realized he needed something, so we need to go and get it. So these mighty men's actions showed them how they broke through the enemy lines, drew the water for David near the gate, and carried it back to David, let alone probably have to fend off some men and fight them in order for them to safely make it back. Look at this, how their sacrifice and their service was honored. Again, remember, when we serve people, we don't serve to get benefits. We serve to be a benefit to somebody else. But David saw how they benefited him. He wanted to be a blessing to them. Because what happened when they brought the water back? It said David refused to drink it. Now, I, I had to read that a couple of times to figure out why David didn't drink it. Because it doesn't say anything. It does not say, to, they, they might have said it, but it doesn't, the text does not say that they say, here's the water from the gate in Bethlehem. But my, my imagination tells me that David looked at them and knew what they did. Because he knew of their commitment, he knew of their character, and he knew that they chose to serve him and give him everything that he desired. So when they showed up with what it, he did not have to question about it. Can I help somebody out? I learned this from my, from my father that every Christmas and every Valentine's Day and every holiday, my mom would get a little box. And she didn't have to open it up. That's one gift she never opened up. I said, why, Ma, how you open it? I already know what it is. <laughs> so she had to worry about that. She opened everything else and see what she got. But she knew that what she wanted, he already got. That was always first on the list. What was it? Some Fannie Mae chocolate. <laughs> and all, that, that, that was the perfect gift. She get that, she good to go. And, and, and I realized that, that every time she got it, it don't matter how it was wrapped, what color it was wrapped, she saw the shape, she saw the box, she knew exactly what was in it. And she was good. David saw them and saw them, what they had, he already knew what they had. He said, I can't drink that. Because he said, this will be like drinking your blood. He understood that you put your life in sacrifice for me just to satisfy my desire of wanting some water. You put your life on the line for me. I cannot drink this. But instead, I want to bless you and honor God and pour this out as a libation offering, as a pouring offering and sacrifice unto the Lord and let God know that I recognize the work that you have done. Can I bring this into the New Testament? How often times that we might be doing work, serving the Lord, being faithful, and we see the wicked prosper. We see those who don't love the Lord getting everything that they wanted more. They always got a new car while you got your same old car for the past eight years, but they got a new one. They always are going on vacations and cruises. You can barely make it down the block. 
they're going through some things and you're looking like, God, when am I going to get mine? That's what we think. We don't want to say that loud because we are Christian folks. We, 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 we act like we're always satisfied. But when you get at home, like, Lord, when I'm going to get mine? The mighty men were not concerned about when am I going to get mine, but they were concerned about how can I give you yours. We need to realize that, God, I need to be concerned how I give you yours. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added on. But can I help somebody out there? Sometimes you forget the righteousness. People say, oh, I'm seeking his kingdom. And yeah, I'm glad you're seeking his kingdom. Are you seeking his righteousness? Because a lot of people in seeking the kingdom know part of the Bible, but they don't know all the Bible. That's why they know part of verses. <laughs> they put all kind of verses together. Do unto others, have them do unto you. It was mean to me. <laughs> so I'm going to be mean. You see, that's how we work it out. But when we look at the whole counsel of God's word, we start looking at, Lord, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to be a blessing to you, knowing that you will bless me. Now, in this time that the mighty men are doing all of this work, they probably were not thinking that their king was going to be appreciative and show them their gratitude and realize how precious their lives are to them, but yet the king decided to show that. Aren't you glad the king does that for us? Amen. That when we're serving and working for him and those they seem that they might be prospering, they might be excelling, but God is saying, I got blessings for you too. All right, all right. And look when the blessing came, when the job was done. Hello, somebody. So we need to keep on working till our job is done. Stepping up to serve means I got to be committed and do it unto death. That I got to keep on working. Keep on striving. Keep on fighting. No, the road will not be easy. Was it easy for them to get some water away from the Philistines who are standing there by the gate ready to kill David? But no, it was not easy. But yet they said, because I am committed, commitment gives you power. Because the Lord lives, I know I can face tomorrow. And because he lives, because he lives. So think about because of this live and my commitment to him and my faith in him, my hope in him, that pushes me, that drives me, that encourages me to live for him. And so in times of conflict, in times of trouble, my commitment to serve him keeps me going, keeps me running, knowing that when my job is done, I'm going to hear some beautiful words. Well done, my good and faithful servant. So we've seen here that when we step up to serve, we need to serve and knowing that serving will cost. Serving will cost. Jesus tells, him, tells us to serve him will cost our life. He says, if you want to be my disciples, you must pick up your cross, deny yourself, and follow after me. It's going to cost your life. So serving the Lord is going to cost you, but cast this, cast this, cast this. You're going to gain life. And the beautiful thing about the kingdom principle, that what you lose is what you gain. He says, any man who saves his life for his name's sake, you, you, you'll have it. But you'll lose it. <laughs> but any man who loses his life for my name's sake shall have life. So the kingdom principle shows us that when we're serving him and willing to lose all this stuff in this world, God says, I can replace that. You know how God's going to replace it because you know there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. There's going to be a new city of Jerusalem. 
There'll be no more pain, no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. So all that stuff that's on this earth that many people are trying to hold on to, God said, I'm going to get away with that anyway. But I'm going to give you some brand new stuff. So you have to worry about going to see the doctor every six months, going to see the dentist every six months, going to see the foot doctor, got to go buy some medication, got to go to another funeral. Nope, you're going to be holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, laying our crowns down, looking at gold and stuff all around us and realize there's never going to be any death, there's never going to be any sorrow, there's never any goodbye because every day is going to be a holiday. <laughs> And so when we look at serving the Lord, it helps us to change our perspective and realize that, God, I got to step up. Because when you look what's happening around, seeing cities being destroyed by tornadoes, seeing floods that are coming, seeing children getting shot, shot in the streets, and seeing so much ho horrific things happening before our eyes, and then yet we sit and be silent, not telling somebody the joy of Jesus. Because we know when we've gone through tragedies in our life, if it has not been Jesus, if it has not been his joy, we would not have made it. So we know tragedies are going to come, but joy is everlasting. And so we realize that in serving the Lord is going to bring forth our blessings. So we got to serve until we're what? Done. Don't give up. Don't give out. Just keep on serving until the Lord says it's time. That's how you do your job at work, right? You work till the time is up. So how is it that we're going to give a boss who has limited resources, limited benefits, more of our time? But a God who does not have to deal with time, whose resources are unlimited and have given you the best retirement plan. And we give him a part-time job. Isn't he worth more of our time? If you look at those three men, they could have said, David, we would love to get you that water, but we're tired. We've been fired. We know what we've done for you, but hey, here's some water we have. Drink some of this. No. Nope. They realize that, David, if you want that water, we're going to go get that water. Can I help somebody else? God has told you to go and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Teach them to observe all things you need to go. You need to go and do. Yes, you can come home and say, Lord, I'm tired, but you sure enough need to go. Because what if Jesus came down here on this earth and said, Lord, I'm tired. I'm not going to die for them because they're hard-headed anyway. What if Jesus, when they came to serve them, they say, Lord, we, we hungry, so good, go home and eat. But no, he came to serve. And so he stepped up and he served and he met needs. Can I close with this last illustration? Think about how the most powerful man in the world filled in a room with a whole lot of leaders who have power, who have persuasion, who have purpose, who have role. What does that man do around those other ones? He serves them. That's what Jesus did on the night of his betrayal. He got down on his knees, stripped off his robe, and washed his disciples' feet. He did the lowest task for them, though he was the most powerful one in the room. Jesus pointed out to them that it's not who is great in this world who is great, but the greatest is the one who serves the most in this world. He gave them the example when he washed their feet. 
But he says, my lesson's not done. I got to go to the cross. And when he went to the cross, you know, David, when he poured out that water, it was like he was pouring out blood as an offering. Did he not pour out his blood on the cross as an offering for our lives? Did not David pour out that water to those servants as an offering of their lives? How much more Jesus loves us that he serves us. He's done so much for us. He's done greater feasts than those mighty wars, but yet he still died for us. He died for us just like many of the Israelites retreated. When we didn't want to fight, he, we let him fight our battles. But he let us come back and get the plunder. Hallelujah. <laughs> we serve our God that realizes that we fall short, but yet he's able to pay the sacrifice for us so that we might have life and have life more abundantly. And since we understand the price he's paid for us and showed us the greatest example of serve, it's time for us to step up and to start serving. Serving others with compassion. Serving others willing to make that sacrifice. It might take my time. It might take, cost my life. It might take my resource. But I'm willing to serve knowing that I, you may not be able to repay me. You might not be able to reward me. But when it's all over, when it's all done, I'm going to hear my Lord say, well done. Well done. Well done. It's time for us to serve. To serve a loving God who died on the cross for our sins, who showed us great service when he died for us, who defeated death by rising from the grave on the third day. And now he's seated at the right hand of the Father, continually interceding on our behalf, looking for us now to serve him and give him glory and give him honor with our works, with our words, with our life. Let us turn to our Lord for another word of prayer. Every head bowed, please, every eyes closed. There might be someone here who does not know Jesus Christ, as their Lord and their Savior. We want to pray with you and encourage you that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. Let us pray. Father, we come. Thank you, O oh God, for salvation that you've given us through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we confess with our mouths and we believe in our heart and you save us, you redeem us, and you forgive us of all our sins. And now, Lord, we want to step up and serve you and live a life that's holy and pleasing unto you. That we want to put aside those things that easily beset us and cause us to fall. But Lord, we want to hold on to your righteousness and hold on to your truth. Lord, if there's someone here who's looking for a church home, Lord, we pray that this might be that place that we can disciple them. We can grow them, Almighty God. And Lord, those who already know you, Lord, we pray that we continue to study your word. We continue to seek your face, that you continue to mature us and grow us so we can better serve you, Lord, in this world. For Father, there's people out there perishing, people out there dying. And Lord, we want to make sure that it's not on our watch, God, but we will, we will share the truth. We will pray for them. We will encourage them. We will be your witnesses. We will be your light. We'll be the salt of the earth. Father, move in our hearts. Move in this fellowship. Move in this city, we pray. Amen. 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 Maybe rise.